Welcome to F1RF Off, your audio pit stop for F1 news, interviews, and race reviews. I'm your host, Idris. And I'm Gabe. You know I'm leaving that in, right? <laughs> I'm not going to add actual cars flying by. That's just going to be you. Maybe that'll be the new snippet that I use Maybe. for transitions, just you going, <laughs> Or, yeah. or since we since you just went to a Formula E race this weekend, maybe it'll just be. There you go. <laughs> no, it's more like. <laughs> it's what it's more like. That's... Cats out the bag. Hello, everybody. Meow. Cats out the bag. Today we are here to talk about Formula E. Yeah. Um, specifically, my experiences at the racetrack, and uh, you will be getting live reaction from Idris and all of the interesting and wacky things that have happened Yes, uh, while I was there yesterday. Just as a little primer, I basically saw that Formula E was coming to Portland a couple of weeks back, and I was like, oh man, I kind of need to go to this because I'd never been to PIR. They've done IndyCar two years in a row now, and I had never been to the track. I knew the track existed. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out that it was a one day event on a Saturday and it was like, I think the tickets were, it was like 50 bucks maybe. Oh man, that's so affordable. Or a little more, you know, just for like the standard, for, um, for grandstand, no grandstand tickets. Like I was able to wow. get stands. I mean, they're not giant. I mean, this is, we're talking like high school football level. Like you step on the panels and they were like cracking and wobbling. Like it's sure. P- let's let's just say that PIR is not a particularly superly well-funded um, track at the moment. Sure, sure, sure. But I think that's part of why they're trying to bring Formula E in, because mm-hmm. I think the idea is to try and get more races there, try and get more people excited. Yeah. But there is definitely an indication of this when you were walking in, because as you walk along the, like, the little you know walkway to get into the track there is a bunch of like wooden planters yeah and the sprinkler system is busted and it's just just constantly (laughs) spew like just sprinkling water and moss has just taken over oh man because like nothing has been growing because it's just been soaked in water sure it does it's very weird it's not super cute so i can only hope that more races showing up there they'll fix some of the infrastructure of things but but this is the ethos of Portland, right? Keeping it weird? I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, there is plenty of weird on display, I will say that. Um, <laughs> like a good weird. Yeah. So, yeah, like, well, you know, when, it, when you go in, um, obviously they have all the FIA banners and everything is all put up there. Um, you know, they do the normal security check. And uh, thankfully, I was able to get in uh, sunscreen because apparently they had some rule that was like, oh, you can't have a non-drinkable liquid over third, you know, three ounces. And I'm like, well, I have an eight ounce bottle of sunscreen, you know, like, so they would only give you like the, um, like the airport travel size, like a little mini tube of sunscreen. Well, I mean, it was in my bag and I, you know, Lauren was with me and I told her, I said, Hey, so they might toss this. And she's like, eh, whatever, Mm. but they didn't. So they didn't say anything. And I, mean, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just needed to protect my skin. So I mean, we also learned from Knockoff McLaren that if you just stuff them deep into the bag, right, or yeah. use the racing suits as a way to just kind of get in, then right. you're okay. So you could oh, probably which, by the way, else. I discovered the pawn shop next to where I work. Yeah, has I think it's like an old race suit that looks like a Dale Earnhardt racing oh, suit because it says Goodrich, and I'm pretty sure it's a number three, and it's like a full race, like a like a fire suit. I'm like, oh. I would be willing to trim my beard off and have a go a mustache just to do some Dale Earnhardt cosplay. Get the, <laughs> get the giant goggles, you know? I'd be willing to do it. Um, Excellent. But anyway, 
So, um, please re- re- continue to regale us. Okay. So just a little, uh, a little background on the track. I will tell you, or like the race generally, right? So this is the Portland Southwire EP is what it was called. Southwire is like one of the big sponsors. I don't even know what Southwire what is. What do they do? I, I, I don't know. Well, I never bothered to ask. The track is called the Portland International Raceway or PIR is like the short of it. The thing I love about this track it is scrappy. Mm. Because it was made in like the mid to late 70s and it feels like an old school track. Like it's narrower, there's grass everywhere, tire barriers. It has a really unique chicane turn, like at the first turn. It normally just would just this long, long, long straightaway, but they put in this little turn, uh, this little chicane in this turn, and it's a really, really tight right and left, and it kind of goes down into an angle. And uh, I know when Indy went there, they just crashed immediately because it was such a tight turn and nobody knew what to do. But I will say that thankfully Formula E did not do that. They actually got through it just fine. And this is the first race that F.E. had been there, which uh, was made obvious to me <laughs> while they had the big screens everywhere. OK. Yeah. And when you the first thing I, I saw when I walked into the Portland E.P.R.E. was the Unipiper, which if you don't know who the Unipiper is, he is a guy who plays the bagpipes wearing a Darth Vader helmet and unicycling around and he spits flame out of his uh his pipes his like bagpipes as he rides wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute is this a formula e staple or is this a portland staple? oh this is a portland staple he is a portland institution what okay he's been doing this for at least a decade i think it was like maybe since 2010 but he has become a portland institution wow you live in Portland for five minutes, you will know who the Unipiper is because <laughs> he's like the guy. Um, he has social media apparently, so you can look it up. It's literally the Unipiper at like every social media. But he was riding around doing his thing, and I'm like, of course, of course, they got the Unipiper mm-hmm. here. That is yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Whoever came up with that idea, that's perfect. But what was funny is they have these commentator like presenter um, ladies who were like interviewing people and interviewing drivers and doing like little in between show segments and they interviewed him there's like wow so like what even is this <laughs> and he was just like and he said oh my god it was the most portland he is the most portland dude ever with the most portland answers oh, i couldn't believe it yeah he was like yeah you know i was just like uh, i found a unicycle in the dumpster and i'm like oh sweet okay and he just took it <laughs> i'm like okay He's like, I started riding that, and you know, and then I saw a sign that was, uh, it said, you know, bagpipe lessons. Uh, wow. And I was like, hey, wow, that could be cool. And then I just thought, you know what? I found this unicycle in a dumpster. Let me just put them together. And wow. That was his explanation. And he wow. just did that. And he like created, like, they're just like, so how do you get the flame? And he's just like, and they're like, do you, ha- is that like a special bagpipe? And he was what? like, he was like, yeah, this is, uh, he's like, this is of my own design. He's like, there's uh, no uh, bagpipes that are manufactured with flame spitting ability. So like, right. For explaining reasons. all this stuff. And I was just like, <laughs> man, like I, at that moment I realized, oh yeah, they're new here. Um, mm-hmm. There was also a group of four ladies in like red polka dot dresses with like heart sunglasses. And they were playing like kind of folksy, like ukulele. And like the one blurred lady had like a bucket stick and all like, in the string thing. Yep. 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 And there was a lady that had a washboard across her chest and she was like scraping it but she also had like bells and little things that she'd hit yeah. and they were like playing these little folksy songs and it just i see this stuff and i'm just like okay yeah this is portland this is a hundred percent absolutely this is like the essence of portland all in one place and whoever thought to include yeah. these people and do this that is perfect it's exactly you, what you want you should have checked around for fred armandson because that sounds like a portland <laughs> episode honestly <laughs> so the there used to be a town 
that was built on the track mm -hmm. and the town actually got washed away by a flood and the town was mostly people who uh worked at the port nearby it was like the kaiser port mm. and apparently as the story goes they were most of these people were on holiday so they weren't actually in the town so the casualties were a little you know were a bit a lot lower, lower yeah but it essentially wa washed the town completely away and Jeez. all the buildings were decimated and they literally after that the abandoned area they had all these roads were still there and they just started you know okay well let's just race bikes and stuff on the on the roads in the 60s and so they did that until they built the purpose-built track in the 70s right the track is very very old school in a sense that it does not have an established paddock it has grandstands and it has a drag strip in the middle of it yeah but formula e actually built these giant tents to have paddocks up Apparently when IndyCar shows up, they just have their little like four square tents that they just put up and then everything is pretty much in the open. But Formula E has like all these big things that they're put up and I feel like that might be something that they want to eventually have like actual built infrastructure. It'd be tough to say. I don't know how the track is going to evolve, but I will say that as an F1 fan coming into a Formula E, there were a lot of familiar things to me. Mm -hmm. The idea of practice sessions, qualifying sure. sessions, paddock, you have all of that. That all makes sense. Safety car, whatnot. For the most part, that's kind of where the similarities end. Yeah. Because Formula E runs one day, basically, as the main event. So rather than having a three-day weekend, you have... For the nerds, the dweebs, and the casuals, right? Right. You just have, like, a brief blip of the dweebs, and then it's just... It's just Action. The nerds and the casuals are just bunched in together. Mm. Even though I will say that whether depending on who was on the grandstands during whatever particular session definitely differentiated yourself from the dweebs and the casuals. <laughs> like the nerds were all at the grandstands during qualifying. There was just empty seats everywhere else because everybody else was just like getting beer and like yeah. trying to wait in line to do the dri driving simulator, which I didn't mm. actually get a chance to do because a lot sure. of I mean, um, you know how to drive. You you do that daily. Yeah, but like yeah, if they had yeah. this pedals in the position and stuff, and it would have been cool. But oh, hey, your, your car isn't set up like that. No, it's not. No, I, right. I, I I'm not. I'm a casual when it comes you're, you're to not, normal daily driving. You're not. You're not racing down Mount Akina with the sun. Stars. No, no, <laughs> no. I could race down Mount Tabor though. That, that I could do this little park. <laughs> We get in there, anybody who uh, is familiar with uh, going to big concerts or doing, uh, like going to Warp Tour, as a millennial mm -hmm. who is an experienced Warp Tour goer, of course, the first thing you go to is the merch table. Because you do that when you first show up, because if you want to try and do it later, nothing will be there and you'll yep, end up having sold out. Forever. So we get to the merch area and here's where the, the really the one of the only few cracks in this experience were and that is their merch is terrible. Ooh, really? It's not even that's not the not even to the design of it. It's just that all of the like there are several teams that weren't even represented in the one merch tent that they had and the shirts that were there were just they just made you look like pit crew. Like they didn't have like anything like oh. like if you wanted uh, one of the teams is Andretti Racing, right? Yeah. So if you yeah. wanted an, anything Andretti, all they had available was a hat. Oh, that sucks. Like yeah. no shirts, no nope. key, no key fobs. No, well, key I mean chains, they had like they had they had. I mean they not for Andretti. No, not that I saw. Mm. Um, Formula E had some generic stuff. They had some hats. They got a coffee mug, so I have a Formula E coffee mug because nice. yes, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. and I bought myself a shirt, and I may or may not have gotten you a couple of things. So, mm. um, <laughs> nani, <laughs> nani. But yeah, so once we got through that, the next thing was to just look around stuff. They had all these interesting things in the fan zone area. They had a Portland had built a fully electric fire truck, which they had out on display. 
which was really fascinating. We didn't even realize it was an electric fire truck because it does not look like an electric fire truck. It's just like a normal fire truck. Mm-hmm. But it was electric, which was, I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. They had a company that does automated automation robots, like those like white arm robots. It's like AD, Yeah, yeah, like the whatever. ABB robotics, yeah. They had one there like flying a flag, and I'm like, oh my God, like a robot flying a flag, I'm sold. And they also had this Nissan SUV that was all electric that mm-hmm. was driving from the North Pole to the South Pole or vice versa, like okay. through the whole thing. And it has this trailer with this giant windmill on the top, and that's what they were using to help regenerate the battery for the car it, yeah. was that and like solar panels and like... Yeah, it was like this big expedition. So they had that all on display. And I'm like, that's really, really cool. They had one of the FE cars, which I got to see up close. Mm. And man, I'm just telling you, dude, these things look so cool. Yes, absolutely. We think F1 cars look cool and they do. These Mm -hmm. things are a completely different animal. Yes, they are like the whole design philosophy is just completely different right like throw everything you know out of the window i mean outside mm-hmm. of some some minor aerodynamic stuff but like battery packaging mm-hmm. um cg mm-hmm. all these sort of things you have to think about in a different way when it comes to batteries and electronics that oh okay they um, don't even have a traditional but, wing you know what really? i mean like they don't have like a sp- wing spoiler they just have right. these like arrow like wing they have these things to just yeah. i'm assuming just to create a certain amount of pressure mm-hmm. but like they don't have like a traditional downforce wing mm-hmm. and i would mm-hmm. I, I would suspect that you know the, with the arrow package and also the weight of the batteries might yeah. contribute <laughs> but i guess this is a good place where i will start to describe the differences if i'm going to do anything let's describe the differences yeah. in cars between f1 and fe right mm-hmm so f1 cars obviously they're big they're wide they run slick tires they have an electric unit on board but it's attached to uh you know a twin turbo v6 power unit f1 cars have the drs system they have sort of like a it's not really a push to pass right but it's like an electronic sort of enhancement system like a defending you know push button or whatever so they kind of have something like that right um, they do a bunch of a certain amount of harvesting of electrical power in the race and such. So on. Formula E cars are much narrower. They're mm-hmm. very narrow. Um, they're also just like basically just triangles. Like the body mm-hmm. is just like this really sharp angle. It's like a delta shape. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like a delta shape. That's exactly right. Still has the halo device. The tires are provided by Hanuk. and they are the only manufacturer. So just kind of like Pirelli does mm-hmm. only F1. But these tires are not slicks, they're grooved. Mm. And I got a chance, thankfully, I was super happy, I was able to catch our good friend Elizabeth Blackstock at the track. Yeah. And it's so wonderful to see her. She's so delightful. Uh, She's a motorsport journalist. If you don't know, you know now. She has a book uh, that she co-wrote with Alanis King called Racing with Rich Energy. It was amazing. We met her at COTA, met her and Alanis at COTA, and it was a wonderful experience. We're so happy that we may have that connection and friendship now. Um, but one of the things that I did was she definitely, she told me, she's like, I want to get your breakdown of the race at the end. Like, I want to know what your thoughts were. And I gave her my breakdown. I also asked her some questions and this was one of the questions I asked. I asked about the slick tires. I said, you know, do they, is there a reason for this? Like why? And she said to me, as I quote, they don't have slicks because it's primarily a cost thing. It's cheaper to develop a single compound than multiple at once, especially since EV tires require a significant different composition and need to withstand the instant torque and power of an electric car, which makes a ton of sense. I knew it was cost saving because Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of this, right? It's sustainable cost saving things, right? Mm -hmm. So they have like their tires are 
essentially like all weather tires kind of mm -hmm. so i'm pretty sure they could run in the rain in those tires they have a certain amount of dispersion yeah that would make sense you think i would assume like if they did ran slicks they would probably have to be running a really hard compound in order to withstand the sort of instant torque because i'll tell you man these things yeah. take off it oh yeah wild to witness it's no it's joke shocking but really impressive and there was no there wasn't really any tire issues no blowouts or anything because typically with the formula e they do not do pit stops unless it's absolutely necessary mm. there was uh during the race there was only one person that pit and that was because their front wing was dangling off the front of their car and they were forced to come in to basically get it fixed yeah or else they weren't able to continue there were two drivers whose front wings broke off and they just kept going <laughs> like they didn't even they, they didn't pit they just yeah. be, but i think because it's probably just a waste of it would be a waste of energy sure so that was one thing that um i was actually told by elizabeth too this is a fun interesting fact about formula e so it's had three generations right so this is the third generation of the car the first generation did not have enough power to get through a race event so what they would do mm. is they would have drivers come in and swap cars they would like jump out right. and jump into another one that was fully charged right second yeah. generation was able to get around a track for a full race Okay, which is impressive. These Gen 3 cars, not only can they go around a track in, in, a, in a full charge, but what they do now deliberately is they only charge them up to 60%. And then what they do is throughout the track, they will recharge the extra 40 that they would need strategically. Like they will, you know, yeah. either slow, break. And Three that was... Breaking. And that is what made this race very interesting. So Formula E, for the most part, runs on street circuits, temporary mm -hmm. street circuits, right? This is one of the few instances where they've run on an actual purpose-built track. And so oh, this track okay. does not have a lot of really intense, heavy braking zones. There's only really like two. And that's where they do most of their recharging is in into heavy braking zones. Mm -hmm. So not only was this race the place where they set the fastest ever recorded lap time for FE, but also the fastest recorded speed that they've been able to get up to, which was like 175 miles an hour. Holy crap, that's fast. See, and this is amazing, right? Because I think there's a giant misconception that Formula E is like very, very slow. Right? It's nuts. And yeah, I, I think people have... not slow. I think what people are missing is the context around speed, right? We usually associate like the sound of high speed with a very, very loud engine, right? right. A very, very right. loud internal combustion engine, yeah. right? But you can hit way faster speeds with, you know, just silence, right? <laughs> with, with batteries yes. and, and, and electronics. So that is so cool to hear because I think what the top speed we've seen F1 cars go up to 300 kilometers per hour, which is about 210, 215 miles per hour. So that's pretty close, right? Like 175 to um, the 210. That's really, really, it, it's, I know yeah. it's like 40, 40 off, 40 or 50 off, but you're approaching that, you know, that's yeah. really, really impressive to hear how that yeah. battery technology has improved within three generations. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like 200 miles an hour is a magical number for any motorsport if it can yeah. get there. And so the fact that they're cl they're closing in on that, it, I mean, the more the more purpose-built circuits that they can go through, the more that mm -hmm. they can the more that the charging of the car, the battery life, the efficiency usage can go up, that they can right. go for bigger tracks longer, the better I think it's going to be um, for that sport. It's only going to get better and better the more right. they go. So this is the ninth season of the sport, which is I mean, it's fantastic. It's so cool. So, so real quick, I want to talk about now, I want to talk about how the weekend was structured because there is something really interesting about this that I want to describe to you that I sure. think Formula One could benefit from and I wish they would. So obviously you have your practice sessions, right? And those run normally, just get a little bit of time to run. Then qualifying comes around. Now the qualifying 
schedule or setup is really fascinating. So the way they do this, they divide the grid in half. So the first half of the grid goes out. They only have a certain amount of time to set a fast lap. And the people who, there's only, uh, I think they, they pick like, I uh, forget, it's like, I think eight drivers from each of those uh, sessions advance to the next session. Mm. And then the next, the next one after the group runs happen, which there are two, they go to duels. Oh. And oh. what they do is they, they do a thing where they will send out two drivers and they're, okay. they're competing against only them. Right. So like one guy will go out and he'll do his warm up lap mm -hmm. and the other guy will follow him at like shortly after. And so you get this thing. And do where his like, warm up lap and then he, his hot lap. You get this amazing graphic on screen where you're seeing the two drivers and like these scales. Yeah. And like as the as they're going through the section, one driver will creep up and then like maybe one will switch depending on how quickly they're mm. going. Yeah. And so there was uh, one of the drivers was like way down below, but his third sector was so quick that just shot him right up and he just passed the other guy. So there was this huge excitement like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? So rather than doing like all of these people together and just watching, oh, he's gone up. Oh, he's gone up. Oh, he made mm -hmm. it to third. Oh, he made it. You're only focusing on two drivers at a time. Hmm. And they do that up until there's two drivers competing for pole. They do like a, it's like a tier system. It's like quarterfinals, yeah. semifinals, okay. finals. Okay. And okay. I mean, just here's the thing. I, I love that. I think that makes qualifying super exciting mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, two people duking it out. Yeah. I do fear that like if they were to try something like that in F1, because there's such a performance discrepancy between the top teams, like you just get max and just like, you know, blow things out of the water or whatever. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, because what I like I about it is that they're trying something different. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that is that is the name of the game. And, and FE is at the point where you can experiment and people are are down for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're willing like, to change things up. And you know, one thing we didn't come across impeding. Oh, there was I thought you were no... going to say orange smoke, but yeah. That, oh, yeah, no, it. there was no orange smoke. There was blue smoke. <laughs> there was a fire somewhere um, outside of the track. I don't know what it was, but Ruh -ruh. Um, we did see that. And we're just like, okay. But yeah, no impeding. Nobody was in, getting in front of each other because yeah. they were all sent out in a sequence deliberately. Right. It's oh, about God. the performance at that at that point, right? Yeah. It's, it's not a thing of Carlos can say like, oh, well, you know, we were all impeding one another and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, no, it was just, it's done sequentially in this way yeah. that keeps your attention and it makes it, you can focus on each battle as it happens. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting format and I think it Absolutely. would make for some really good shakeups. And even in F1, I think it's possible, um, you know, because I also think about it too. If you have a driver who's up against somebody else, there's a lot less pressure if you're not just competing against everybody. You know what I mean? You can kind of focus in a little bit more, which I think is impressive and i would very much prefer to see in the sport yeah um, absolutely <laughs> so let me ask you a question at this point so yeah. with how things were okay so it's you said everything occurs on one day right right so you have all the events on saturday just can you give us a quick rundown of like how many practice sessions there are and then there's the so, qualifying and then the race like does are we yeah. seeing three things in one day and it's over the course of like four hours or how does that work yeah so it was it was three events so the day before they did a practice session which i think you could go to the track and witness but it was a very short event so i think it was mostly just for the teams the beginning of the day uh, on the saturday there was first practice in the morning at mm -hmm. like 10 30 or so i think and then they also did a thing where if you got there early enough, you could 
do a meet and greet with the drivers, which okay, was cool. fascinating, but it's, you have to be there at like 9.30. So you get free practice one, and then there's about, I think there was about like an hour and a half break before qualifying. Then they ran qualifying, and qualifying mm-hmm. ended sometime after noon, I think maybe like 12.40 or so, I think it was, or maybe, I'm trying to remember when we started. And then there was like a three to four hour break before the race started, because the okay. race started around like five. So. Wow. Um, so basically that was a time went back to the van zone. Um, I met up with Elizabeth, uh, we chatted for a while, you know, got myself a slushy. Um, oh, one yeah. thing that I did notice in the fan zone. So they yeah. had where the gaming area was. I could not help but notice. I'm like, this DJ must be a millennial because the, <laughs> were tunes... there a lot of, Oh, 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 no, it, no, it was apple bottom <laughs> jeans, boots with the fur. What the you know? fur? Yeah. <laughs> and then it was a sandstorm. And like, oh, um, oh man, come you on, know, that, yo, <laughs> uh, they they like some like really millennial hits, but then they hit us with the Steely Dan, and I'm oh, like, oh damn, okay, Ooh, I'm like, okay. okay, so this is not only is this a millennial DJ, but this is a millennial who grew up with boomer parents. Yes, absolutely, um, because that's absolutely. exactly the move I would do. I would immediately switch to some Steely Dan. <laughs> um, so that was really fun to witness. And then while we were waiting, uh, also too for the for the race bit, there was a live band performing. Cool. And it was like a jam band. I, okay. I don't I think they were called Cactus uh Cause or something like that. Okay. Um I, I didn't see I couldn't see the way that they had their name displayed on the thing. You can really it's see hard it, sure. to read. Yeah. Sure. But there was a guy who played flute, sang, and did saxophone, and then it was just a three-piece behind him. And he did a flute instrumental version of Rock With You by MJ. And I was just like, <laughs> what? I was like walking to get some food and I looked over. I'm like, what? That's what I mean. It is. Oh, dude, did you, did you get, is there audio recording? I did get some audio. Oh man. Okay. Um, All right. I need to hear this. Yeah. I was going to send it to you. I I missed like the main melody part because the audio I got was their band laying down the groove in the background and him just like going at it on like a flute. It was nuts. That yo. Yeah. That's dope as hell, man. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait there to hear was, that. There uh, was, there were like fire dancing performers, of like course. happening. There's all this crazy stuff going on. Um, I will say the food phenomenal, mm. easily worlds ahead of what we had at Coda. Worlds. Wow. Ahead. Remember how in Coda all we could really get that was worth the money was like a rice bowl. Those rice bowls, yeah. I mean, they're. Hey. Those are some good rice bowls, though. They were, but like I got like a chicken sandwich. It was the size of my cell phone, and it cost oh, me like twelve dollars. Yeah. I go here, and I was able to buy three queso tacos. Yeah. Okay. They were very filling and very good and full, and it was seven dollars for the three, and that that lasted me like the rest of the day. I was That's seeing good. people getting burritos for ten bucks, and they were like burritos Massive. yeah like yeah. they were not skimping and i was like this is i'm like oh thank you i'm like this is also quintessentially portland the food is on point yeah do you speaking of which do you remember at coda when we got um so we yeah we were at coda it was like day two or day three and i think gabe you got a burger the day before right and it was like mm. 10 bucks and it was fine right and then we go back to that same stand the next day and that same burger was 15 dollars Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, it was not, it, and it was there was no five dollar increase in quality. I can tell you nope. that much. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was really, it was shocking. I was not, I was not happy about that yeah. at all. <laughs> so basically, yeah. So so let me just talk about the race really quick too. Yes, absolutely. Um, so in the formula, uh, the formula E paddock, you have basically it is a very interesting diverse array of teams that you would not really expect to see in a motorsport 
together. Mm -hmm. You have Andretti Racing, Avalanche Andretti, which is, I think, awesome. You know, they do IndyCar, they do Formula E, and they I hope they can come to Formula One. That would be awesome. You have this team called the ABT Cupra team. You have Penske, um, a team called Envision, which has these, like, bright green cars. You have Jaguar in there as mm -hmm. a manufacturer, uh, a Jaguar TCS Racing. You have Maserati in oh, there wow. as a name team. Hmm. You, uh, McLaren is there. Um, they have Nissan power units because also Nissan is a team there. And then you also have Porsche. So you get these really, it's just like such an interesting mixture of names you wouldn't really think to hear in like a racing context, like an open wheel like this. I guess Audi used to be in there, but I think that's where they, I think they pulled out and that's where Cupra comes from. Because they're actually like a new car manufacturer, I guess, like some exotic, you know, whatever. Mm. So... For the race, here's a very interesting thing about qualifying. If you qualify P1, you get three points for that. What? Wait, towards your champion, like yes. championship title total? Yes. Wow. Okay. So there is so literally across the three sessions, so from practice to qualifying to the race ending, there were three changes in the championship for the for the year <laughs> that's cool and is that for both um drivers and constructors uh, i think that was just for drivers okay but yeah they also do the same point scoring thing that f1 does so from 25 points to one point for p10 so that's mm -hmm. standard okay. and then they do the extra point for the fastest lap okay but the pole position gets three extra points that's pretty massive. I like that's that. Huge, yeah. I yeah, think that's cool, and it yeah. also more incentive for the pole to be worth getting. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, because you'd have like Kevin Magnuson would get like a little extra points for being on pole in Brazil yeah. and stuff. Like, I think that could be great for an upset pole. I think that would be really, really smart. So absolutely. This race was really fun to witness, but there's a few things that make this interesting. One, there were two safety car interventions in between for catching debris, and then one was there was a driver that hit the wall and retired um, that had a problem. And that was, I think, partly because his front wing came off and he didn't come in and change it, so he just understeered out of a corner and just Ooh. crashed. Woof. The safety car uh, is like a Porsche Taycan, which is like an electric Porsche, right? Mm -hmm. It looks amazing. It's like covered in all these multicolored paints. It's really awesome. And one thing that's unique about the safety car in Formula E is that it does not book it around the track. They drive very slow. And the reason for that is obvious. It's because they're conserving battery life. Yep. So the reason why they're not just booking it around the track as fast as they can, like unlike Formula One, where you got to keep the car cool and you know mm -hmm. don't want to overheat, you got to get the air rolling to it. With Formula E, it's because they're not trying to use extra battery. So they'll drive the car around really nice and slow, which I picked up on immediately because I'm just like, okay, that makes logical sense, right? Yeah. The other thing uh, that Formula E does, doesn't do is they do not do pit stops. So there wasn't teams diving into the pits unless they mm -hmm. needed to because, and I think this is really important because all of these cars are pretty much the same. Like they're all like the same, same sort of aero package and uh, relatively, I think they're the, the power units are, I think are, are where they sort of differentiate a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, they all ran pretty much together. They were not divide. They were not spreading out across the, the track. They have what's called an attack lap, which I think we've talked about before, where they will drive through a portion of the track and then that gives them an energy boost. Yeah. So the result of this was that this race had 400 place changes happening. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. Because there would be drivers who were using their attack lap. Some were not. They only had six, I think, six total minutes of attack okay. lap time. Yeah. 
and, and when you're done you're done yeah as drivers would come through the the wide portion of the track to take their attack lap they would they would be passed by like you know half the field and those all counted as passes so like between that and they were like I, I, there were so many lead changes it was like hovering between like i think with across the span of two laps there were like three different lead cars that i witnessed yeah. coming through because all of them were conserving their time they were conserving their uh battery life it was just it was incredible to see and it, it made it super super exciting and i will also say that i did get a chance during qualifying to witness them fly past at like full speed because there's a little mm -hmm. section where the um that you could see the start finish line yeah and when they came through it was just and it was just mm. jesus yeah. like it was shocking <laughs> One thing I will say, though, too, in line with that, these things are, they're not loud, but they're exciting to hear as much mm -hmm. as it is to see because they have that really intense whine. But you can hear the air, like that air from, from the flyby is just so intense. And mixing in with the whirring noise from the electric motors, mm -hmm. it's wild. But here's the crazy thing, though, too. So you know how they have the screen, right? And they'll show mm -hmm. the track. They play music the entire time during the whole race. Huh. Fill the gap of the cars not making noise on track. Okay. So, so the whole time it's just... Like, imagine, like, epic battle music in, like, an anime playing the entire race as the cars uh, are driving. You guys was, can't see my face, but I'm kind of <clears throat> a, like a face. I feel like they need to get some good composers in there because I'm not necessarily opposed to that idea. Mm -hmm. I feel like it should be in moments where there are like dramatic things happen, like the final lap. Yeah. You know, or like the end of a safety car session, you know, where you know, and then eventually it should just kind of peter out. But I think they did that to sort of fill the void. It doesn't doesn't happen in the telecast. It only happened on track as I was watching. Live. Interesting. Live. Yeah. I feel like well, that I mean, idea could be adjusted a bit. Like you don't have to you don't even have to play it the entire time. I think what just like you said, like final lap. And maybe the music kind of starts up again at maybe every 10 to 15 minutes just to kind of fill the gap, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be consistent like that. Yeah. I feel like that would probably grate on me a bit. But mm -hmm. this being your first time, I, I guess, you know, you'd have to attend multiple, you know, races to let, to kind of get a good feel uh, as to whether or not right. it's annoying, you know? Right. Well, and the race is also not two hours long. Right. So, yeah. like, you know, you're not sitting there, like, watching Max fly by with... Doo -doo -doo! Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, here comes Max, and it's just you know. I mean, if they did, oh Excellent. man, if they did the Star Wars movie as music from the old, uh, oh man, yeah, I would trilogy, love yeah. that. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> I mean. That, ooh, I just now I want to like make that happen. I want to like what? just superimpose that music over a, a clip of it. That would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, at least that last lap. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. So. So yeah, that was pretty much the race in a nutshell. It was super great, super fun to see. It was really quick and over. I managed to get a chunk of carbon fiber from a wing that came off of yeah. one of the cars, which uh, was awesome. Yeah, um, Post it to our story. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna put it in a shadow box. I just have to be really careful because there are fragments of the carbon fiber that. Oh, that stuff will mess you up. Yeah. So like, I had Don't to play just, with that. I have to like. I'm leaving it in the bag that it's in now, and like when I get the shadow box together, I'll just like put some gloves on and I'll mm -hmm. make sure to kind of stick it in there. But I want to like make a little background for it. 
so hey i mean like yeah it's like first formula e grand prix and i was there to witness it and it was also like at the time the fastest lap and the fastest speeds recorded for the sport yeah so it was a one worth the worth going to and it definitely they signed again for next year and it is that's um, great it's definitely worth its its place. Outside of that, the only really other thing that made me laugh a lot, I had a bunch of teenagers behind me. Yeah. Man, were they teenagers with oh. attitude? No, no, they were just they were just, you know, listening to them speculate on about what's happening on track with such authority mm. was kind of adorable. It's like, "Oh, well, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it." No, man, no, he's slower. You see he's slower in that turn. Yeah, see he's slower and then he like the guy beats him. He's like, "Oh, Oh wow! I thought he was slower. Yeah. <laughs> or like, well, you know, oh, they, they've I, got it, dude. They've got to have safety car. The guy have safety car coming on track, man. They got to do it. And it's like, no, he just grabs the thing, like, yeah, the, the, you know, or like yeah. it's just them getting so excited. They also described Michael Andretti, who, if you don't know, is the owner of like all the Andretti <laughs> racing teams and was a race winner himself. Also, son of Marco, and uh, I'm sorry. That, that's what yeah. they said, though. They were yeah. like, well, who's Michael Andretti? Oh, he's the son of a famous uh, race car driver. It's like, yeah. well, yes. It's a me. But <laughs> but he's also like the owner of like yeah. the teams and like has his own race history of race yeah. wins. Like, you know, he's that pretty, would be like guy. that would be like uh, they would be seeing like, oh, yeah, uh, Nico Rosberg. Yeah, he's the son of a famous F1 driver, right? KK <laughs> Rosberg. It's like, yeah. He also has a world championship, uh, you know, so it was just funny. Like you could tell these guys were just, they're, you know, these, they're relatively, probably relatively new to the sport, but I just was giggling. Cause I'm just like, man, I was definitely that when yeah. I was younger, you know, just yeah, of like course. speaking with, I mean, I still do it to this day. I speak with authority. On things I, I really don't even think I know, yeah. but I just, I'm, I'm a little better at making it sound like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> and then it's plausible. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't claim to be an expert, but I will make you believe that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, we have a podcast for crying out loud, you know? Yes. We know what we're talking about, everyone. <laughs> Which, by the way, Idris, I'm going to say it here and now that mm -hmm. we, we are the FE of Formula One podcasts. This is okay. why, okay? Okay. I can roll with the we analogy. Are, we are very exciting. We are very fun. We keep things pretty short and pretty sweet, and nobody knows who, what we, who we are. <laughs> And we don't <laughs> hardly get people listening to us. You got you guys are having a very cathartic <laughs> session today. This is just <laughs> It's not completely well, well, true. Well, I know we got a lot of people listening, but it chat feels hour. that way. Yeah, yeah. No, no we, we appreciate all of you who listen and, and yes. send us feedback. I think the best part of doing this is just getting to just speak our minds, right? And we hear what you guys think about what we think, right? Yes. And I love dialogue and being able to just go back and forth with people and hearing their perspectives based on their experiences. So yeah, that's we're, we're young about. and scrappy, you know, and we're here we to have a good weird. time. And, and that's weird. And that's the best thing. And that's also why I love F E because it is young, yeah. it's scrappy and it's here to have a good time. Yeah. And it's also here to try and help the environment recover a little bit and kind of be a gateway for people who, you know, a, a possible avenue of motorsport mm -hmm. to where we can continue to enjoy the excitement of it. Yeah. But without, you know, continuing to damage the planet in the way. Uh, yeah. I think it's and, perfectly viable. And that's a good point you bring up. And that's one thing I wanted to say about Formula E. I think people think electric vehicle technology and electric car racing is a joke. And I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted us to really talk about this is because 
I want us to counter that narrative, right? Because it's not true. Like these technologies are very, very mature, right? You can see the rapid iteration of growth and uh, rapid achievements that they've achieved over the last three generations just within the sport. And electric vehicles, whether they become 50% of available, available vehicles out there or you know 90 or maybe it's 15 or 20 they have their place you know what i mean and that technology is really useful for certain things yeah and we i think just from the experience and the story that you shared with us here about the portland southwire epre which by the way they're a software company okay um, makes sense makes sense yeah they you know it's clearly had a good experience had a good time watching these cars do their thing it's a little different than f1 of course right nascar is a little different from f1 indy car is a little different Le Mans is different, right? Mm. Hashtag Ferrari. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it just kind of goes to show that just because the sports looks a little different, it doesn't mean it's bad, right? It's just right. different, right? right? And FE, I, I think it was really interesting about it. I was actually watching um, a really, really great video by Cleo Abrams. I think she used to work at Vox, but she has her own YouTube channel now. She has a primer or primer, depending on how you pronounce it, um, on like what is Formula E, right? Just kind of mm. Formula E explained for dummies. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that Formula One, what it is for like road car development for these giant vehicle manufacturers, Formula E kind of serves a similar purpose, right? Right. And we don't know what the racing, like the landscape of racing will look like as far as motorsports is concerned in the next like 10, 15 years. And the fact that Formula E has like a 25 year like license, to, they're the only racing series that can be a Formula, like electric based series, right? By the FIA is massive because who knows, maybe 10 years from now, we become formula e or f off right like yeah <laughs> because yeah. that might become the primary like, maybe that should be the sport. name of the epi- episode yeah. formula e or f off um f e or yeah. f off uh yeah. fifo yeah um, fifo yeah <laughs> it's I, just cool it's just you know you don't you don't know what this can do and just just enjoy it for what it is exactly and you know and also too it's super accessible yeah the tickets were not expensive it's being a one-day race there was only one day i had to take off of work so it is a much more available, readily available to people. And I, I really do genuinely hope that they get to more tracks around the country because it's a hugely accessible sport and it was it was a total blast. I, I had yeah. I had such a great time. So couldn't can't so recommend cool. it anymore. Um so although cool. I will say that I do think that it should probably get a little more humor injected. There were lots of electric <laughs> puns I was around, which was great. Like yeah. the energy is electrifying, you uh, know, or like yeah. we're here to like jolt up the competition. It's like okay. But See, like they they, they, could, they could get real nerdy with it though. Oh, they man. could kind of start throwing in like vehicles IR equations and puns. And, I want uh, to see just yeah. one Raiden poster. Maybe that'll be the thing I do. <laughs> Maybe I will show I will be the guy who shows up to FE dressed as Raiden and I will just pose like, you know, with the, you, the hat and everything. The way to sell it though, you really gotta just run around with your arms out in front of you yelling corn on the cob. That's it. You know how okay, so the reason I say that, this is for anyone who plays Mortal Kombat. Raiden has a move. I think it's like back, back, forward or back, forward, back, right? And he just flies towards the enemy, like pretty much like Super Saiyan, like Superman, like arms full out in the air, thrust into them and like throws the enemy back. And Mm -hmm. as he's saying that, like the name of the attack, like it sounds like he's saying corn on the cob. It's like corn on the cob. You can look it up. Oh, okay. It sounds just like that. I was like, I just have corns on the cobs as my yeah. hands. When yeah, I you can do that too. They'll get you it. can do that. Yeah, people yeah. like that. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> apart from the Unipiper, they also had the Sasquatch running around too. So there was there was definitely, <laughs> Portland was representing. I, I will 
will definitely say oh, that. Oh, that's so, so great. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad you had like you had this experience. Yeah. And and the other thing too I want to say for the fans, the people, the Fufo fam, if you guys like this kind of content, we can do a lot more of it. Just let us know. I mean, we are actually going this weekend to the Mid Ohio Indy Car Race. Mm. Oh, and we should do some live streaming. Yeah, we're we're gonna do some live streaming. Um, we we will drop a pin, location pin for where we are. If any any listeners want to meet up with us and just chat and you know talk about Indy Car F1 FE whatever it is, let's talk about it. Oh yeah. Um, and why Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is the worst of the franchise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, just being able to go to these events and give you like live reactions and our thoughts on where things are through the Fufo lens. We're all about it. So yeah, holla. all about it. All about it. Holla. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of F E or F off. Uh, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to hit us up, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter at F one or F off. You can also email us at F one or F off podcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast really helps us out a lot. Be sure to share with family and friends. Also like pop on our TikTok. I've got some funny stuff up there. Um, I'm always trying to post things, you know, like things coming from the races and stuff going semi-viral with this one post this one reel i did about the ferrari lamar win we have uh, no idea i don't why. know where that's coming from if you youngins out there or you uh, uh instagram influencer level savvy folks know <laughs> how this works and what we did right and how we can replicate it that would be great they're gonna tell us it's all about our seo our search engine optimization. i swear i swear yeah. it's just because it's the i had to hashtag ferrari and maybe loves it i mean who knows maybe. but like it's got like three thousand likes yeah. now and i'm shocked ferrari's a very um, hate lower hate kind of thing you know yeah. all right everybody <laughs> thanks peace, peace. peace.